Welcome to the Small Town View podcast, hosted by Lynette Clark and Jackie Welch, where community is strength and unity is power. We are Randolph County United. We want to welcome Steve James as today's guest on the podcast. Steve James is the president and CEO of Miller Matthias Murray Holdings, Inc., as well as Max as a Maxwell Leadership Team Executive Director. He is a member of the RCU board and has served on numerous other community boards and committee volunteer positions. In addition, he has an extensive background in leadership and building a positive team culture. Welcome, Steve James, to a Small Town View podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. It's uh it's an honor, really. Uh, I was hoping that I would get the call one day, because uh, <laughs> I think what you guys are doing is just fantastic. Uh, it really is special. So just, just like I said, I'm, I'm, glad, I'm glad to be here. So Steve, just to kind of kick us off, can you tell us what your hometown coffee order is there in Union City? Yeah, well, I think both of you know that I don't like coffee, but you probably don't know <laughs> why. Know. But, I, but you, you probably don't know why I don't like coffee. It actually started back in my teenage years. Right. So my parents were early risers and they used to get up and make a pot of coffee at five o'clock in the morning every day. In 1970, Mr. Coffee was invented <laughs> and we actually got it in our house around the, the, the mid to end of the 70s. Right. Right around when I was starting to be a teenager. So my mom and dad thought it was great so they could make the coffee at 430 in the morning. <laughs> right. And let it percolate for a half an hour before they got up. Well, as, as a teenager, I was more, kind of more of a night owl. Right. So I wouldn't go to bed before 10 on a weekday and, and one or two in the morning uh, on the weekends. Right. <laughs> So you think about that as the coffee is wafting through the, the house, you know, I think I, I calculated, it owes me about 3,000 hours of sleep. So I'm, so I'm, so, so I'm still mad at it. So, um, but when I go to uh, Travis's hometown coffee, he knows that I get a vanilla bean frappuccino. So that's, okay, my, that's nice. my order. We'll let that slide. He's a little bitter about the well, coffee situation. I, I, well, you understand. When you lose sleep, you, you don't become... Oh, sounds uh, like you need to talk to somebody about that. <laughs> that's, that's what I was here for. Okay, so for our first question, tell us something about yourself that most people don't know. There, there's a lot of things that, uh, that people don't know. I'm, I'm kind of a private person. Uh, what I thought I would do is actually, uh, in memory of a childhood friend that actually was killed in a car accident last year, i tell you guys a story about the time that he took my uh, tonsil out with a shovel. Oh, my what? gosh. <laughs> so back when I was growing up, we didn't have warnings on, on uh, things and labels, right? Um, you were the and, precedent. Yeah. <laughs> um, but <laughs> And apparently I was an unsupervised child. I think by the time my parents had me, right, they're like, yeah, they were done with this parenting thing. And if I made it, I made it. And if I didn't, I, I didn't. But so it all happened. Uh, I just turned four years old, right? Uh, celebrated my first birthday because I'm a leap year baby, right? And and uh, we were actually my sisters were babysitting uh, my friend Wayne Schultz, and uh, we were my mom had just made some no bake chocolate cookies, right? And so we we're kind of waiting for them to cool, and and they actually got me a toy metal shovel, okay? And and apparently I must have had like a vitamin deficiency or something because I loved I loved putting this metal shovel in my mouth, right? And walking around with it. So anyway, so I think we we're playing hide and seek or something. And he came running out of the bedroom, right? And he kind of pushed his arm up and pushed the shovel right down my throat and oh, cut, a, no. cut a tonsil oh, out, right? Oh. Now, again, that's not the sad part of the story, okay? The sad part <laughs> is apparently it wasn't severe enough for them to take me to the ER. I actually didn't go to the doctor the next day. Oh, my God. Because <laughs> right? I probably stopped bleeding in 15 or 20 minutes or whatever. But it was severe enough that I got punished for having the shovel in my mouth, mm. uh, and I couldn't get a no-bake chocolate cookie, which that oh. was really depressing. <laughs> As a mother of an almost four-year-old, that is terrifying. Yeah, for real. 
<laughs> Although my yeah. kid just had his tonsils taken out, so <laughs> we don't have any metal shovels with, with, Without a shovel, right? Without a shovel. Yeah. Well, it, again, I will tell you, it's cheaper just have someone take it out with a shovel because right. tonsil, yeah. <laughs> it's, they're, they're expensive. So you just have one tonsil? No, I actually had the other one removed uh, through surgery. <laughs> <laughs> Dang it, you should have just took them both while you had it. Well, that's what the doctor said. He's like, you know, he would have saved you a whole lot of money if you would have taken just both of them. Take both tonsils at one time. Man. So are you like bitter about shovels too? <laughs> no, I, you know, I still like shovels today. So. <laughs> the coffee was a no, was a done deal. But. Well, it was a, see, I, I was still formulating my, my brain at four, <laughs> so it was okay, right? I just survived, right? So at the beginning of the year, Frank Miller made a big announcement. Can you explain the new partnership to the community? Like I said, um, what the, the ownership Frank Miller Lumber actually reorganized and created a holding company, the Miller Matthias Murray Holdings, Inc. And then we actually then um, acquired both uh, Frank Miller Lumber shares and just laid chocolatier shares. Uh, and then Susan Murray actually became the chairman. And then I still um, am the president and CEO of both companies. So I know with your leadership background that you see all these any challenges as new opportunities. So what are you most looking forward to about this new partnership? So, you know, the really exciting thing is, well, Frank Miller Lumber will basically stay the same, right? Same leadership, same company culture, whatnot. So, but really, we're trying to take our processes that we've developed at Frank Miller Lumber and take it over to the uh, to Gislays. And, and, you know, we kind of, uh, what I've described it as, we're the Ray Kroc to the McDonald Brothers, right? McDonald Brothers took it to, to the, the level it is. And the same thing, you know, Gislay uh, brought it uh, really from its infancy and what was in his mind up to where it's at now. You know, it's our now, it's our job really to make this a national, more of a national brand uh, and really get the, the production and sales up there. I think that, you know, we're looking at it and we're probably only 15 to 25% of the capacity of what they can actually do huh. in the shop in Union City. And so if we can, you know, my, my goal is to really to try and quadruple sales and production you know, within the next three to four years. That's exciting for yeah, Randolph County. It is. Uh, like I said, it's a great product, and, and now really it's, it's uh, looking at it from a manufacturing standpoint versus kind of a mom-and-pop shop. Yeah. We look forward to watching that grow and seeing what happens. Yeah. yeah. They have amazing chocolate. I they do really, really like do. It. I like their turtles. Uh-huh. <laughs> These are very good. Yeah, just like probably will continue to make the turtles because uh, they're hand-painted and whatnot. So we're yeah. really, I mean, the other thing that we're, we're trying to do as well is, is actually get just like back into the being the creative genius that he is with all the, I mean, you look at all the products that he has and allow him in the R&D section of it and then let us run the manufacturing. So, yeah, you talked about kind of copying that culture and things and bringing those to Gislay. So you have an impressive background in leadership. And at last year's Live to Lead event, we learned about the working genius by Patrick Lincioni. And can you kind of break that down, the working genius, for those who maybe haven't heard about that and tell us a little bit about what that is? Yeah, sure. I, first, like, my first thought was is that we'll just got to make them come to our after hours event on February second, exactly, and let Patrick <laughs> tell of themselves, right? Um, or we could get them to talk to Kristen Wygant uh, and and why she's so passionate about the book. And, and really, uh, the the exciting thing with Working Genius is, I think for some of us, it really makes us understand why some jobs were miserable. And I think that yep. that was her case. But if I can really try to break it down um, and, and give a little tease about it. What Patrick's model is, is, is basically, he says there's three phases of work. The ideation phase, the activation phase, and the implementation. And in each phase, there's two working geniuses in that, right, uh, which spell widget. Uh, and I think when you start to see some of this stuff. So you know, it's wonder, uh, invention, 
um, discernment, galvanizing, enabling, and tenacity. And really, tenacity is, is about doing the work. So each of us have two gifts uh, in our genius, and we have two frustrations, and we have two meh. And, and it's still a little confusing in that. And what I try to explain it as, you have two things in, in, in the working part of it, right, that give you joy or energy. And then you have two things that give you frustration or zap your energy, and two things that really neither give nor, nor take energy from you. And that's kind of, you know, in, in a nutshell, that's kind of how it works. So can you kind of break down what your working genius is? Yeah, and, and you know, the, the confusing part in some of that is it, it doesn't necessarily make sense or not intuitive. For example, so my background is an accountant. Love math, love processes, Yeah. hate doing the work, right? <laughs> didn't, didn't know that, right? But my, one of my geniuses is discernment, right, is that I have a really uh, good gut feeling. And so most of the time I was working through the details, proving my gut was right. Gotcha. And I'm like, ah, oh, dang it, I should have just listened to my gut. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Instead, I spent all this energy proving that my gut was right. And so, so again, um, that, that's, you know, so, so I'm a D. And then everybody else knows that uh, I'm an enabler, right? I, I, I love enabling people. And, and you know, the, the cool thing about that is that, you know, I help them push them out of their comfort zone, mm-hmm. right, to, and, and to success. And then they, I get partial credit, so it's a win-win, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so I'm, I'm a discernment and enabler. So I will say the working genius has helped me a lot because I found out that I am an inventor and then I'm also an enabler. So I think that's why when I came to Randolph County United, I have loved my job so much because I get to create graphics and social media posts and then I get the name, I get to help the community. And I think if you are struggling or even if you're not struggling, finding out like what you want to do or like maybe if you're things about your jobs you don't like, go read the book and come to our event because it is life changing. It really opened my eyes. Now there are things that I have to do in my job that I'm not great at, but I know it's not because I'm being lazy or I don't want to. It's just that's not my working genius. So I just have to get through it. And then I really focus on the things that I really like about my job and I just keep doing those. So. Yeah, I think anything like that, it's just about that self-awareness, right? Learning about, oh, hey, this is why I am the way that I am and, yeah. you know, how to use it to benefit. And so speaking of that, you know, as, as being a successful company, how do you feel that the working genius can or should be used to improve your team dynamics and company culture? You know, first I, w- I want to go back and, and talk about leadership for a second because I think there's still a misconception of what leadership is. Mm-hmm. I think most people still think that leadership is authority and titles. John Maxwell defines leadership as influence, mm-hmm. okay? So what, what really what the, the working genius is, is just one tool in the leader's toolbox, right? One of right. many, as, as you said. So when we look at back and, and looking at leadership, right, and, and how can you improve your influence on others, it's really very simple, okay? First of all, you just have to value people. I think too often that we, we, we miss that, right, because we're judging people and we have to understand that the person's doing the best that they can based on their knowledge and experience set that, that they've had throughout their life. And, and they may not be where we're at. And so, so we just have to value people. Mm-hmm. The, the other one is we have to gain respect. Yeah. The easiest way to gain respect, right, is to uh, have empathy for folks. When you have empathy, and again, empathy doesn't mean that I agree with people. Empathy right. says that I listen and I try and understand from their perspective versus mine. Yeah. So if I have, you know, the, the first thing I value people, 
I gain their respect because they're not going to follow you unless they know that you care about them. It's true. That, that's just that's just the the, the way that it is. You know, the, the other thing that I say is exceed expectations. So if you're asked to do a, a task, just do one more step of that task. If you're asked to do a report, do a report with a recommendation, or you know, figure out what your boss's you know trying to stay one step ahead of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, or if you're going to supposed to be there at at you know ten o'clock, be there at nine o'clock. But I think so. So first of all, we have to understand leadership. And so when you're asking me. What does the, the working genius do to that? You know, the, the first thing is, first of all, I have to figure out how to be that leader, right? That I'm going to have followers, and I'm going to actually have the, the, build the company culture. And, and what's important about that is, so when we're looking at folks, right, we have to know that they have our core values. And so if they have their core values, the next thing, and you guys probably hear this all the time, is we have to find the seat on the bus for them, right? They have to have a, mm-hmm. the right seat on the bus. Because right. if, if you have the right values, but you're in the wrong seat, you still are frustrated and whatnot. Yeah. What, what working genius does for, for me anyway, it says that I may have to adjust the seat. And, and, and I say that is because, again, uh, when we talk about the six geniuses and whatnot, and you only want to work in the ones that you're good at, as, as you said, Lynette, that's not how work works. Nope, right. it's not. Right? Mm-hmm. You have to do all of them to yep. get it done. Now, what, what we're trying to do is try to get your working genius a majority of the time. As you said, the majority of my time I spend and my working genius, then I'm happier, I have more energy, yep. and I'm more productive. So I, I think we have to adjust the seat. Again, we're, we're kind of three months into this, you know, since we actually had to live to lead, and I've read the book. Um, so we're, we're, we're still kind of working through some of the things on, on how effective working genius can be for our group. But it's just like, you know, as I said, is that we have to adjust the seat to make sure that we're working on the stuff that gives us joy and not, uh, not you know, makes us frustrated. That's yeah. kind of where we're at there. So I really like that because when I was reading the book, it kind of blew my mind that he like literally rearranged his entire company structure and like who was doing what because he had all the right pieces. They just weren't in the right spots. Right. Yeah. And even him himself, when he talked about how he went through several jobs and he would last for so many years and he would just get burnt out and he couldn't figure that out. And then he finally figured out that there were things about those jobs he liked, but the he was mostly working in the areas he was struggling in and he just burned himself out. And I think, I mean, that's helpful for anybody because we've all been in jobs where we just kind of go through the motions. Right. But, like, to me, like, a career should not be just something that you go through every day and just do the motion. You should be passionate about what you're doing. So that's really how the working unit just kind of changed my life is it's kind of brought that to the forefront of, like, what I'm good at, what I struggle with, and help me balance both of those. Yeah. I feel like if you're in your genius, you it's not really work. Right. Because no, you love it. Yeah. And I think that's what they say, right? If you're doing what you're passionate about, it never seems like work. Yeah. And, and, and to find that is, is key for everybody. And as I tell, you know, as I said all along, is that, you know, if you're not happy in your job, right, you need to move on because mm-hmm. it, it's, it doesn't mean that you, you know you, you know, that you have you have bad bosses or your thing. Sometimes and I think you guys talked about this before. The phase in your life is like you just need to move on because you, you you've changed it, right? Yeah. Yeah. So talking about changes, we've all faced significant life decisions, choosing to take a left turn instead of going right. These are like pivotal moments in our lives. And what is one critical moment that has shaped who you are today? When it's interesting, uh, so I, I pivot every time I do something wrong, so I pivot a lot. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but you asked me, you know, what uh, was one pivot that I made that uh, made me who I am today? And that's really, you know, as I was looking uh, through that and, and thinking about it, it's actually staying with Frank Miller Lumber. Uh, I, I know I've told the story to, to a few uh, folks, but 
But basically, I was hired in 2012 as the CFO for Frank Miller Lumber. And I got here, and, and again, and so after a couple of weeks, my gut told me this was bad. I didn't, haven't read, and I didn't read the Working Genius yet, <laughs> right? So I didn't know that. And I was hired to do a job, and so I had to complete that job. And so I, I tried to make this work. And basically, at the, um, around the October, uh, November timeframe of, of 2013, I actually went uh, to, to Martha, who was the, the chairman at the time, and I said, you know what? I love you. I love the family. I love the business. I can't work for my predecessor. I just can't do that. Um, we're just not going to get along. Mm-hmm. And, and it was funny at the time. Uh, she basically, and I told her I was going to leave, right? And she said, can you just go to your office for a couple months, <laughs> sit, <laughs> sit up there, try to muddle through some things? Uh, because at, at the time, she used to go to the Caymans every winter, right? Oh, okay. And she said, you know, I need to go to the Caymans, and then when I get back in, in March, we'll work through this stuff. And at the time, again, I'm like, well, this is just, I thought it was silly, right? But I realized she had to actually go to the Caymans to, to really process everything because uh, my predecessor was the fifth president that they had in five years. And so she had to go through the, the, the really the, the, the process to say, is it really worth carrying on the, the company when I've had five unsuccessful presidents? Mm-hmm. And here, and again, at the time, I was still an unknown. I really hadn't shown um, all the leadership skills that, that I, I possess today. Uh, and so she had to go think about that. And it was kind of funny. So she left, I don't know, it's around Christmas time. But I told her, I said, you know, we're not going to make it to March. He's, he's going he's gonna to fire me before March. And, and, and sure enough, uh, Valentine's Day, 2014, oh, wow. he went to the lawyers to let me go. And then that's when Martha actually flew back, and we actually let him go instead. And, and, and she had the faith in me, um, when she really shouldn't have. I mean, there, there was really nothing there. There was really nothing for me to stay. I mean, there just wasn't. But it was that, like I said, uh, when God says, hey, you need to go do this, and when you think you have to, to, mm-hmm. to, to veer off or, or, or whatever, um, I stayed, and, and, and obviously then the rest is, is, is history, and, and we made great progress at Frank Miller. But that's the, the most pivotal thing that has allowed me to be the leader and, and really to help Randolph County you know, yeah. in its leadership uh, journey. That shows a lot yeah. of determination because that would be hard. I mean, yeah. yeah. You're told just to go back to your office and wait, at, wait it out. Wait it out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that was that was like I said those those well, one of the t- the toughest years of my life because I really thought that there was great things. I, you know, we, we talked about just slaves here a little bit ago, but you know, Frank Miller it was such a great you know product that, that we have again. You know, we're we're a premium brand in a small town, and, mm-hmm. and the, the whole story was great. And, and I thought that there was huge potential in it. We just weren't living up to it. And, and we talk about leadership, right? We talk and again. That's why I I, I really. I, you know, I, I talk about it all the time because leadership has made the difference in Frank Miller Lumber. Mm-hmm. And I think leadership can make the difference in any company out there. Right. Yeah, it really can. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a really cool story about just trusting and waiting it out. And Yeah. yeah. Sometimes you just got to be still. <laughs> yeah. Well, wasn't, wasn't that I wasn't sending resumes out, but. <laughs> <laughs> if you could share only one thing with our audience today in our community, what would that be? Well, we'd have to erase all the other things I've just said, right? But, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, and, and it's kind of funny. So this is kind of a little reoccurring theme. So I'm going to actually uh, tell you a quote uh, that a dear friend of mine who actually, again, passed away uh, last year, Chris Wall Davis. And, and so I, I, I need to, to tell you the quote 
in his terms, so I'll, I'll bleep out the, the one word, okay? <laughs> <clears throat> but, but his quote was, if you think you're going to be a D, don't be a D, <laughs> okay? And, and, and think about how many times that we've kind of been that way, right? Mm-hmm. That we've reacted negatively and, and whatnot. And, and so when, when I, I, I get that, because I still obviously you know, think about that uh, from time to time, his voice comes in my mind and like, just don't do that. Just, you know, there, there's too many critics in the world. Just yeah. be nice. Just, just be kind like to that. people. And, and so that would be the one quote that I leave everybody with is just be kind. Yeah. That's good. That's a good one. I mean, that works in every aspect yeah. of life. Just be kind. Treat others the way that you want to be treated. All right. You want to do the rapid fire questions, Lynette? I can. All right. So if you listen to the podcast before, you know what's coming. These are our five rapid fire questions that our guest does not know about unless he snuck and looked at our paper. Um, So basically, these are just short answers, whatever first comes to your mind. So what is a book that you think that every leader should read? You guys should know this one. Sometimes you win, sometimes you learn. It's a good one. I I think, you know, for for me, what it does is is it, it brings everybody together, right? As we talked about that, it... It builds trust. Uh, you share your mistakes, right? And, and we, you know, there's there's still this big, huge disconnect on failure and success. Yeah. Because we, we still mm-hmm. want to put them at the opposite ends of the spectrums, but we all know that it takes failure to become successful. Yeah. You you can't you can't grow from success, right? You can only grow right. from failure, and so that book really it brings it out. So that was that's my go-to book. You know, I'm, like I said I've, I've taught it, I think now to five different companies here in the area. Um, so yeah, so that's my book. Nice. I like that one. So what is accomplishment that you were most proud of? Uh, this one right here. I mean, you know, uh, when you look that's back, awesome. it, um, <laughs> when you look back over, over <clears throat> my life here, I never thought that I would be here, right? I never thought that I'd be on a podcast with you guys. I never thought that I'd be, you know, a, a leader in a community. Um, and so, so being that is, is really the, my proudest moment. When I think about our relationship and how far we've come when I first met you at the Y, and like now, like all the mentorship that you and your wife have given me, it's been amazing. So thank you. <laughs> so um, what is one statement that you would say to your 12-year-old self? Um, my 12-year-old self uh, probably didn't have the confidence I had today. So, <laughs> so I would probably tell him uh, to voice his opinion uh, because it matters. Uh, you know, tell his story. I mean, it took me Good a long one. time to tell my story. Uh, but, but we all have a story, right? We're, we're all impressively gifted in, in, in everything that we do, and we just need to tell our story. That's, good That's really good. So what is your favorite place in Randolph County? So my favorite place in Randolph County is my house. <laughs> uh, um, no, you know, it, it's funny. We have so many great things. Um, but, you know, I, I like the, the fact that um, really uh, downtown Union City and, and where it's come since I've, since I've yeah. started living mm-hmm. here, so, so going down, you know, to downtown Union City, and, and obviously the lights at Harder Park is, is really cool. So. Yeah, yeah, they got a they got something cool going on over there. I love yeah. the music downtown. Yes, yeah. Yeah. The shops, the restaurants. Yeah. It's great. Mrs. Wick's pies is super popular in Randolph County. It's a national brand, so we like to celebrate them. If you could only eat one Wick's pie for the rest of your life, what would it be? I can only eat one. See, if, if you asked me if I can make one, right? It would be lemon <laughs> meringue. Okay. As I make a mean lemon meringue pie. <laughs> Although I, I have to give credit to my sister Cheryl, uh, she actually makes the world's best lemon meringue. You know, she has her, her her peaks are like an inch and with a perfect little dot at the oh, end. Oh, that's and hard. It was yeah, it was kind of hard. it was kind of funny. And as my niece was younger, 
she was actually then after it was baked right, she'd actually pull off all the peaks. And so by the time that we, it, by the time it came to our house, it was craters. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so we, we never saw the peaks. The we just saw them. Yeah, um, but no. So the the best pie at Wix uh, for me is, is strawberry rhubarb. Oh, I heard that. That's one. one of my favorites. Yeah. Oh yeah. So yes. so I have an interesting story if, if I got time here. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Um, but so the only thing better than a Mrs. Wick strawberry rhubarb pie is Mrs. Styles strawberry rhubarb pie, right? Yes, the Amish very lady. Good. Uh, <laughs> they're, they're really expensive, but they're very good, right? So actually, when we first uh, when I first came up to Frank Miller, I was still living in Miamisburg. Uh, we had we had two labs, right? We had a golden uh, boy and, and a black uh, um, girl, right? And so. Um, the girl was a little slow, <clears throat> right? I think she was a run of the, the thing. And, but her big brother took care of her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but her big brother had a sweet tooth, okay? <clears throat> so so it, it really, actually, one Easter, he actually ate all the kids' uh, chocolate bunnies, right? It was like three oh pounds of chocolate. Oh, my gosh. Didn't phase him a bit. <clears throat> so anyways, I, I, I take this pie home, right? And I set it on, on the island in the, in the kitchen there. And in order to have good strawberry rhubarb pie, you have to get vanilla bean ice cream. So I had to go to the store to get vanilla bean ice cream, okay? So we did, and we went, and we came back, and I opened up the door, and there's the pie tin on the floor, oh. which my dog had ate this really expensive strawberry rhubarb pie, oh and, I had, and I had vanilla bean ice cream that I didn't have anything to eat it with. So, You're like, sad. So <laughs> yeah, so I don't do that anymore, right? Uh, so a lot of people may not know what Mrs. Styles is, but she is a lady in, she lives around Union City, don't she? Yeah. And she goes around Union City Business, and she, will, she sells baked goods. Yeah. And when I worked over there at the childcare, I was having like a terrible day. We hadn't been open very long. I didn't even know this woman existed. Right. I was having a rough day. I think like we had several call-ins and I'd burn running around like crazy. And I remember I was sitting at my desk and I just put my hand on my head like, okay, can we just go home? Like I'm I'm ready. I'm I'm over it. And then this very sweet woman is like looking at me and she's like, Would you like some baked goods? And I was like, Oh my gosh, I could hug you right now. <laughs> I think I got her blackberry tea ring and that oh, that's like yeah. life changing. That, huh. that is good. Yeah. She, she used to save them for me when I was in Union City. If she had one left and she knew she was coming to see me, she would save me one. Man, we need to get her over here. Yeah, she yeah, she's, she's, yeah, she still does that. Delicious. She doesn't run around the businesses like she used to. Yeah. Uh, which is hmm. again, it's it's good and bad for me, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know when COVID happened, she stopped coming in the childcare oh. and it was kind of yeah. sad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. We appreciate all your wisdom and what you had to say, and we look forward to the future with you. Well, I appreciate everything that you guys are doing. We appreciate you taking the time out of your day to listen to a Small Town View podcast. We encourage you to subscribe and follow us on any of the major podcast sites, including Apple, Amazon, Spotify, and Google. We also want you to reach out and follow us on our social media. Randolph County United has a Facebook and Instagram, along with a YouTube channel. We hope that you will keep learning, keep growing, and as always, be amazing.